You're listening to the This Is How We See It podcast with your host, Eric Lee. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe. Now, here's Eric. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the show. Welcome to it. I'm Eric Lee. And thanks for spending some time with me today. Let's get right to it. Today, I want to talk about fascism. Yes, fascism. It's a word that I've been hearing a lot lately. Um, I always like to say this is not a political podcast. We talk about many things, not just one topic, but we talk about things that I am concerned about, things that are on my mind. I am not a political pundit. You're probably not going to see me on CNN or on uh, Morning Joe on MSNBC talking about politics, but um, I am a voter and I am a citizen. And what's happening in our government concerns me. And so every now and then you will hear me talk about some political things. So fascism, a lot of people have been talking about that. When I turn on the news, when I turn on, uh, you know, the, the, the news programs, I hear that word a lot. And so I thought, well, let me look into it. What does it mean? And so I tried to get the most simple uh, definition of fascism. And here's what I found. An extreme right-wing political system or attitude that is in favor of strong central government, aggressively promoting your own country or race above others, And that does not allow any opposition. It promotes a powerful leader over the individual system, citizen, sorry. So that's basically the stripped down version of what fascism means. And um, I found this YouTube clip from uh, a guy by the name of Tom Hartman from the Tom Hartman program. And the clip is called, What Would an American Fascist Government Look Like? It's kind of lengthy, so I'm going to play the whole thing. So here we go. An American Fascist Government Look Like. It is, you know, I, I really think it's time that we talk about this. Uh, Again, like I said, because we have been using this word so much, particularly around what's going on in the GOP, but, you know, we don't talk much about what it would look like or how how it would come about. And first, and and essential to American fascism, Republicans envision a strongman leader. That leader will hold power for as long as he wants. It's always a he, by the way, in fascist governments. Um, with the transition to the next leader determined by the leader himself. This has been a primary characteristic of fascistic governments, every one that has emerged in the 7,000-year written history of um, the modern world. When Trump was running for re-election, you'll recall, in 2020, 
at rallies in both Nevada and Wisconsin, he announced that not only was he going to win 2020, but he would also win 2024. Now you would say, wait a minute, doesn't the Constitution say the president can only have two terms? Yes. So did the Russian Constitution until Putin amended it. And that's what Trump said he was going to do, and the crowd went nuts. They loved it. The single strongman leader, that, that one strongman leader being the head of the state, and basically he is the state and the state is him, that is the key to understanding basically everything else that happens when a country flips from democracy through oligarchy and into fascism. Um, for example, in a fascist state, the way that you as an average citizen ensure your own advancement and economic, personal, and political security is by sucking up to that leader. You either become an acolyte and follower, or you find yourself on the outside looking in. And if you think this sounds extreme, just look at today's GOP. Liz Cheney spoke out against Trump, and her party booted her out in Wyoming. Four Republicans who voted to impeach Trump have faced such a backlash, they've decided to retire this year. Adam Kinzinger, Anthony Gonzalez, John Katko, and Fred Upton. Republican freshman Congressman Chris Jacobs, who represents part of Buffalo, New York, after that massacre in Buffalo, said that He's open to talking about assault weapon bans. He's now pulled out of his own primary. He's not even going to run anymore. The, the blowback was so bad. And because, you know, he, he challenged Trump's position on guns. Not only is fealty to the leader required for political advancement, it's also a requirement for individual economic advancement. Employers who are eager for state contracts or the leader's endorsements for their products or services demote or fire employees who are deemed insufficiently loyal to the leader. We saw this here with Trump. Psychologist Bandy Lee, uh, who has been a guest on this program, was fired from Yale University for tweeting that Trump was mentally ill. Uh, school teacher Leah Kenyon was fired from her job for saying that Donald Trump was a sexual predator and a literal moron. Julie Brisker was fired from her job with the government contractor Akima for giving Trump's motorcade the finger. Rebecca Jones was fired by Ron DeSantis for telling the truth about his covering up Florida's COVID statistics. Florida's Orange County Health Director, Dr. Raul Pino, was removed for encouraging his staff to get vaccinated. You end up doing things on the leader's behalf, whether you're supporting his party, working at a private corporation, or engaged in the nonprofit sector, like teaching in a university or in a medical center. And defying or challenging the leader brings opprobrium, you know, condemnation. Supporting the leader is the path to career advancement. The Trump White House and the DeSantis governor's office are filled with examples. Everything is done for the leader because the leader is the state. The state and the leader have become one. If you challenge the leader, you are challenging the state, and that is treason. Whatever the leader says becomes the law. This is called rule by decree. And it's where every fascist in history has ended up. The power to rule by decree goes back to the days of kings and is embedded now in our laws having to do with the president's emergency powers. And Trump came very close to invoking an emergency declaration around the election of 2020. When he lost that election, General Flynn begged him to do it and, quote, temporarily suspend the Constitution. This is what Flynn was explicitly asking Trump to do. Next time, Trump won't be so restrained, and he will have surrounded himself in advance with people like Flynn, who will make it happen. While it will change how power is distributed in our government, though, things will still look much the same. 
if a fascist like Trump rises to power again in the United States, there will still be all the trappings of democracy. The House and Senate, the state houses and governors, the bureaucracies and political systems, they'll all remain intact. Everything will look normal on the surface. But when you peel off the top layer, you discover that all of these people in all of these offices, whether elected or bureaucratic, are serving only one principle and only one person, and that is the leader. There'll even be opposition parties and political candidacies in a Republican fascist America, although if any of them seriously challenge the leader or show the ability to disrupt the status quo, they'll be discovered to have secret drug habits or imprisoned for corruption on made-up charges. The prosperity of the company you work for depends in part on how well it supports the politics of the leader. The leader helps a few dozen oligarchs seize control of the nation's major industries, and every smaller company in each of those industries must directly or indirectly answer to that oligarch. Those who fail to answer to the oligarch, those smaller companies are bought out, shut down, or simply can't find customers or supplies and run out of business. The industry where this is most visible at first is the media. Some media organizations will be absorbed by the government itself, like Putin has done in Russia. In Russia, others will be bought out and run by the leader's oligarch buddies, as is the case today in Hungary and Turkey. And I would argue with Fox News and Sinclair here in the United States. Soon opposition voices vanish from all but the most obscure media. And those few opposing voices that are tolerated are pointed to by the leader as proof that the nation is still an open democracy. Jews and people of color may find a rougher time maintaining a job or staying safe from vigilantes or abuse or discrimination, but white people will be just fine, particularly white men. There'll still be Christmas parties, although people celebrating Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Muslims praying may want to pull the shades closed. Hate crimes and murders by vigilante groups start happening with such frequency that the media doesn't bother to report them anymore. Within a few years, a little bit of every business activity in the country ends up in the leader's pocket. And the leader uses that revenue to enrich himself, his inner circle, and those who are part of his military entourage, his private militia. That's right, the leader's private military. It'll be put together like what Ron DeSantis is organizing in Florida right now, a state-sanctioned militia that answers only to the leader in this case, DeSantis. Trump tried the same, flying Customs and Border Protection officers into Portland, where they hit the streets without identification on their uniforms to beat and kidnap people protesting George Floyd's murder. When the private militia is created at the federal level, it'll become a substantial national military force with hundreds of thousands of soldiers under the leader's direct command. Hitler's was called the SS and answered only to Hitler. Mussolini had his, as do Putin, Erdogan and el-Sisi and others today. Citing national security, the leader's private militia will have an undisclosed and therefore vast budget. Outside of times it's called on to intimidate people or make a public display of power, it'll largely operate in secret. Its members won't have to be obey the law because as agents of the leader who's above the law, they are too. If they have to kill somebody, there'll be no investigation unless it's to cover up the crime. If they need to make somebody disappear, that person disappears. They, along with the leader's allies, promote a law and order crime ideology in public that represents a, or that results in high levels of incarceration, heavily militarized police, and a disregard for the general rights of the average citizen, particularly racial and religious minorities. 
This is how the kind of government Donald Trump was trying to establish in America has played out over and over again across the world and throughout history. In our own time, we've seen it now in Egypt, Turkey, Russia, Hungary, the Philippines, and dozens of other countries around the world less well known for the nature of their government. It may call itself left wing or right wing, but what really matters is that all power and authority rests with the leader. Stalin was every bit the fascist that Hitler and Mussolini were. His fascism just had a different face and brand. As dystopian as all this may sound, there are more governments in the world run this way today than there are democracies. It's normal. Once established, it's almost impossible to dislodge without a crisis like the death of the leader or an actual revolution. Some of the governments around the world that are structured like this were democracies that turned fascist, like Russia, Turkey, and Hungary, but many have been this way for centuries, like hereditary kingdoms of, in the Middle East, Asia, and Africa. So how did the democratic countries that make the transition from fascism allow that to happen? And what is life like in those countries, both during and after that transition? After World War II, a Chicago reporter named Milton Mayer struggled to understand how Hitler could have flipped what was one of the most stable democracies in the world, Germany, into a fascist state. Um, he was a, a, you know, an, uh, a Chicago reporter. He, he traveled to Germany in 1954. Uh, he spent a year there. He, met, he made friends with 10 average Germans and told their stories in a book called They Thought They Were Free. And he, and he quotes one of his German friends as describing what happened when the leader seized power. This is a friend of his who was a German college professor. He said, this separation of government from people, this widening of the gap took place so gradually and so insensibly. So each step disguised, perhaps not even intentionally, as a temporary emergency measure or associated with true patriotic allegiance or real social purposes. And all the crises and reforms, real reforms too, so occupied the people that they did not see the slow motion underneath of the whole process of government growing remoter and remoter. So did the German people realize that they'd abandoned democracy? That they'd soon become international pariahs? The professor told Milton Mayer, quote, to live in this process is absolutely not to be able to notice it. Please try to believe me, unless one has a much greater degree of political awareness, acuity, than most of us ever had the occasion to develop. Each step was so small, so inconsequential, so well explained or on occasion regretted, that unless one were detached from the whole process from the beginning, Unless one understood what the whole thing was in principle, what all these little measures that no patriotic German could resent was someday lead to, one no more saw it developing from day to day than a farmer in his field notices the corn growing, and one day it is over his head. End quote. Is it possible this could happen in America, that these small steps? I mean, doesn't a nation rise up when a fascist comes to power? Mayor's professor gave us the answer. He said, you see, one doesn't see exactly where or how to move. Believe me, this is, this is true. Each act, each occasion is worse than the last, but only a little worse. You wait for the next and the next. You wait for the one great shocking occasion, thinking that others, when such a shock comes, will join you in resisting somehow. You don't want to act or even talk alone. You don't want to go out of your way to make trouble. Why not? Well, you're not in the habit of doing it. And it's not just fear, fear of standing alone that restrains you. It is also genuine uncertainty. End quote. We can't say that we weren't warned. Barack Obama in 2017 came right out and talked about Germany 
in German society while Donald Trump was president. He said, now, presumably there was a ballroom in Vienna in the late 20s or 30s that, you know, filled with music and art and literature and the science that was emerging that looked like it would continue into perpetuity. And then 60 million people died and the entire world was plunged into chaos. End quote from President Obama. These warnings have been there all along. Americans have been shouting about it lately in venues like the New York Times and Madeleine Albright's book and from legislators like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. But how do we know? Is there a sudden proclamation that the leader puts out that says, hey, our country is now officially fascist? Is that how we figure out? How do we know when that transition has happened? My life before L'Oreal Men Expert? I remember, I was a disaster. My life after L'Oreal Men? The question, how do we know what, it, what it's like to be in a fascist government? How, how, what, in, in fact, actually, what will it be like would it be like if America became fascist, if Donald Trump gets reelected, or if somebody with fascist leanings who wants to create their own private militia, that kind of thing, if like Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida right now, if that kind of person is elected to the White House, what happens? How do we know? Is there some kind of sudden proclamation by the leader? I am now proclaiming that we are officially a fascist nation. Well, turns out, no. We go back to Milton Mayer, the author of They Thought They Were Free, to his German friend in 1954. This is a quote from this college professor. He said, this German college professor, he said, but of course this isn't the way it happens. In between come all the hundreds of little steps, some of them imperceptible, each of them preparing you not to be shocked by the next. Step C is not so much worse than step B, and if you didn't take a stand at step B, why would you take a stand at step C? And and so on to step D. And one day, too late, your principles, if you were ever sensible of, of them, all rush in upon you. The burden of self-deception has grown too heavy and some minor incident, in my case, my little boy, hardly more than a baby, saying, Jew, swine, collapses it all at once. And you see that everything, everything has changed and changed completely under your nose, end quote. You know, I thought about this yesterday. I, I had a caller uh, from, uh, as I recall, he was in the Seattle area, and he said that his uh, very progressive son had moved to Tennessee and married a local girl and is now a complete Trump humper. They watch Fox News. Somehow, of the many people from both parties who are busted for this, only the Democrats end up going to prison. And yet everything seems normal. As Mayor's professor's friend told him, when the leader finally sees control of all, seizes control of all the lever, levers of power, from political to economic to spiritual, and yes, spiritual, Hitler had uh, Reichsbishop Müller, who was the, the, the leading spiritual authority in Nazi Germany. He committed suicide at the end of the war. Anyhow, when, when, when the leader has uh, seized all power, political, economic, and spiritual, and has, you know, the, the, the right-wing church behind him as well. Everything changes, but everything also stays the same. This is a quote from Mayer's, the professor that Mayer interviewed, quote, the world you live in, your nation, your people, is not the world you were in at all. The forms are all there, all untouched, all reassuring, the houses, the shops, the jobs, the mealtimes, the visits, the concerts, the cinema, the holidays. But the spirit, 
which you never notice because you made the lifelong mistake of identifying it with the forms, is changed. Now you live in a world of hate and fear, and the people who hate and fear do not even know it themselves. When everyone is transformed, no one is transformed. Now you live in a system that rules without even a responsibility to God, end quote. You know, we're already a ways down this road, which is why our democracy has been rated by numerous international groups, you know, like Freedom House and whatnot, as being at risk or a similar designation. Voter suppression, gerrymandering, the proliferation of phony media, the pink slime media I'm going to talk about in the next hour, um, selling right-wing propaganda as news, armed militias on our streets, and the Republican Party recruiting them for election monitors are just the visible tip of the proverbial iceberg. Milton Mayer's friend asked him, how is this to be avoided among ordinary men, even among highly educated ordinary men? And in 1954, Milton Mayer had to reply to him, frankly, I don't know. Well, that was 1954. This is 2022. We now know. We know how the poisonous hate that animates fascism seeks, seeps into a society because we saw it ourselves during the four years of the Trump administration. We know how easily a government can be toppled and how close we came in 2020. If just five Republicans had not refused to go along with Trump, he'd be president right now and we'd be in this fascist dystopia as we speak. We can no longer pretend we don't know what's happening or where it will lead if it's not stopped. The question now is what will we do about it? That's interesting. That was Tom Hartman from the TARM Hartman program. So could this happen here? Tom Hartman thinks it can. And when I look at the definition that I read earlier about what fascism is, I can clearly see some elements of it here. Like aggressively promoting your own country above others. Well, that sounds like America first. Now, listen, don't misunderstand me. There's nothing wrong with being proud to be an American. I am very proud that I am American. I can't imagine myself living uh, in any other country but America. Contrary to what some people might think as they're always saying, go back, go back somewhere. Hmm. But the issue, I think, is thinking that you are better than others because you are American and that other countries don't matter. That's what I think he means by promoting your country over others. Promoting race above others. Well, we all know that that's been happening for centuries. And we see it now with this, this replacement lie thing, this replacement theory that somehow people are trying to replace white men. I, weird. Promoting a powerful leader above the individual citizens. And I, I just got to tell you, sometimes when I... Look at these like Trump supporters, man, it's downright scary sometimes. Some of them act like he's God. And we all know that there is only one God, 
and Trump ain't it. I was wondering, have you guys seen those two videos where the people are praying to Trump? One guy is, I think he's about to get pulled over by a police officer or something. And he literally starts to pray, Trump, if you can hear me, deliver me. Like, how is Trump supposed to hear you? He's not standing around. He's not omnipresent. And then there's another video of this lady. I don't know. I think she's drunk, but she's like crying, like weeping and saying, President Trump, if you can hear me, save me, save us. What? I mean, just completely. And then some of the artwork I've seen of Trump, like uh, they, they paint him like he's a god. One, one, one I saw, he was uh, painted like with wings of like an angel. And he was, you know, like glowing. And, and I'm like, wow. So can it happen here? Well, Tom Hartman says, yeah. But here's a reply from Tyler Cohen in an article he wrote for Politico.com. He says, my argument is pretty simple. American fascism cannot happen anymore because the American government is so large and unwieldy. It is simply too hard for the fascist or for that matter, any other radical group to seize control of. No matter who is elected, the fascists cannot control the bureaucracy. They cannot control all the branches of American government. They cannot control the judiciary. They cannot control semi-independent institutions such as the Federal Reserve. And they cannot control what is sometimes called the deep state. The net result is they simply can't control enough of the modern state to steer it in a fascist direction. So he says no. But just like Tom Hartman was reading, it happens gradually. It doesn't happen all at once. You know? But here is what I say. Anything is possible. Especially if we stand aside and allow democracy to die. Well, that's my show. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. 